times. It's picking up other voices. Hello listeners, a good evening and welcome to this week in interview. I don't know where you're listening to me from. You might be on cdnradio.net, you might be on cdntv.net, in which case you can see me and my guest. Uh, we're also on Facebook, on CDN Radio Caribbean, as our Facebook page. Uh, it's also on my Facebook page. Uh, it's on this week in interviews Facebook page. Uh, of course, for those of you that don't do Facebook, tdntv.net, uh, then we are on YouTube, TDN Network One. We are on Instagram and we are on Twitter, TDN Radio Caribbean and TDN Radio. So you can find us a lot of places and every time I always invite you to invite someone to, to listen because I believe the information that we have, that we're giving out, um, information that you get is very valuable. And so I, I ask you to text somebody, call somebody, tell them that this week's interview is on so they could also tune in. Those on you in Dominica on RVR Jams, um, listening on DigiPlay Channel 59, a special good night to you. Also, if tonight is the first time that you're listening to this week's interview, welcome. Uh, I hope this is your first of many times that you're going to be joining us. And then, of course, I have uh, a number of you folks who join me every Wednesday night. And I'm always super grateful for that. You, you come on this week in interview, you make me part of your weekly schedule, and I, I appreciate that. We are in April. April, um, this is the first Wednesday in April. And April is the... Um, Financial Literacy Month. And of course, you know, the, my, our theme for 2022 is empowerment, self-empowerment. And I'm, I'm handling it with a lot to do with finances. Those of you who have your own businesses, those of you offer service are at next level. We also do a lot of, um, you know, just, just self-direction, self-assessment, um, retargeting towards your goals and that sort of thing. Self-empowerment. So tonight, being the first Wednesday of April, um, Financial Literacy Month, I invited our in-house um, financial go-to person. Um, I think I can say maybe expert. I can whisper it, Miss Courtney Drago. She's my guest tonight. Um, she is the host of Spondulix, a podcast that's all about money on a, a very personal and private level. Um, no matter what stage you are in your journey, um, whether you're a young person starting your career or you have a family or you have kids in college or you're saving up for kids in college or you're saving up for retirement or you're doing all of those things all at once, 
you should go ahead and check out her podcast. It's named Spondulix. We, we will give you the spelling as we go along. But she's my guest tonight on this weekend interview. And I'm very anxious and excited to get into that conversation with her. So I'm going to cut this intro short and we go directly to do the CARICOM anthem. And when we come back, Miss Courtney will be with us telling us all about our financial literacy or illiteracy, whichever one we assess ourselves to be after the end of this hour. So stay tuned. Listen to Mikel and we'll be back. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought Through victory and pain By test of their courage Our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voice and your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel a heart beat as one Celebrate in song As we rise to heights where we belong Sound of victory drums For Caracom
All right, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, welcome back. Uh, after we've done the Karakramantham, now we are talking money. Tonight, tonight we are speaking about money, or should I say spondulates? Because um, the, my guest tonight is the host of podcast Spondulix. And as she told us the last time she was here, Spondulix is another term for money. And so we're speaking about Spondulix. And um, she's going to tell us a little bit about her podcast. But, but um, the reason why I invited Courtney here tonight to speak with us is because we are in the month of April. And April is the month of financial literacy. And, and so we have an idea what literacy means. If, if you are literate, it means you can read. It means you can communicate, uh, read something and, and communicate it back to somebody, read it and understand it sufficiently to, to function based on what you read or what you learn. And so if we have to take that application to financial literacy, um, we have to say, well, what do I know about finances? And, and, and from what we know from Courtney being here before, she has an emphasis on personal finances and personal situations. What is your personal setting? What are your personal financial goals? What are your personal plans to achieve those financial goals? But let me say a very warm welcome back to you, Courtney, to this speaking interview. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, because, you know, selfishly, I say that because every time you're on, I get so much um, feedback. I get feedback every week, but I get a whole lot more feedback and people are really, um, they really enjoy what you tell them about money because you, you seem to have a knack to break it down into simple and terms that they can understand and apply to themselves. So it's always, always exciting when, when we have you on. And as, and as, as I said before, we are here because April is literacy, financial literacy month. So let's talk about financial literacy. Um, what, for example, are the four major aspects of finance that, that I need to understand so I can consider myself financially literate? Okay. So before we get there, I want to introduce the podcast. Um, so like you mentioned, I am the host of the Spondulix podcast. Spondulix is a slang term or an old term for money. So it's like dough, cash, Spondulix. Um, and Spondulix podcast can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. So if you want to Google it, you'll find it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, any platform where you listen to podcasts, you can find Spondulix. And I'm talking money. I'm talking personal finance. And one of my major goals on the podcast is creating personal finance experts. And this doesn't mean that you're an expert in everything financial, right? It doesn't mean that suddenly we're going to become the people who run the markets or we're going to know everything. But what it does mean is that we're trying to create experts in personal finance. So whatever, whatever it is your personal financial situation is, I want you to become an expert in that so that when you do get a financial advisor or if you decide to work with one, you know what they're talking about. If you don't decide to work with one, you know what you need to be doing. You understand what you're thinking about and you're understanding different aspects of your personal finance. And so because April is Financial Literacy Month and thinking about 
the four sort of tenants or four major things you want to be thinking about if you are thinking about financial literacy for a person. So for you as an individual, financial literacy, the four things I think you need to begin thinking about is you want to start thinking about your budget, right? What's coming in, what's going out. You want to think about your debt. What do you owe? You want to think about your investing and saving. And lastly, you want to think about your net worth. So that is your budget, your debt, investing and saving, and your net worth. So those four things. And the, what, what we're saying is that we're not giving some kind of definition of literacy. What you're saying is that if, if I have a good handle and, and I, practice, I do good practice in terms of budgeting, in terms of knowing where my debt is, um, in, in my investment and savings, in my net worth, then I am financially literate for me and yeah. I can function in a setting where somebody comes to talk to me about finance and, right. and I know I can, I can understand it in my own context. Right. So this is very much an individual exercise, right? It's so that you know about your money, you understand money as it relates to you personally, which is super important. Right. Okay. So I guess the simplest thing to, to do is to talk about each one of them. Okay. Okay. So uh, you, I mean, do we go in the order that you presented it? Budget, debt, investments, network? We can, yes. All right. So let's start with budget. Right. Um, what do we need to know about budget? What do we need to be doing when it comes to budget? So I think you'd be surprised to know that a lot of people actually, maybe they can tell you their annual salary before taxes, before anything comes out. But a lot of people are actually unaware of how much they actually bring in after taxes come out, after Medicaid takes its cut, after Social Security takes its cut. How much income do you actually have post all of these fees, right? And then your budget is also keeping abreast of what's going out. So where is your money going? And, you know, some people like to keep a very, very specific budget. Some people like to know where every single cent goes. And some people would rather have, you know, a more loose budget. And I am personally a more loose budgeter, but I don't think there is one right or wrong way. Again, it's personal finance, but it is important to know what works for you. So do you need the kind of budget that says, I put aside 20% of my income in savings. I spend 30% on my wants and needs and 50% or on my wants and 50% goes to my needs. That's a kind of budget that's called the 50, 30, 20 budget. And that's a more loose way of budgeting, but it keeps you aware of income versus expenses. And that is something that you absolutely need to know if you are thinking about budgeting and if you are thinking about your own personal financial literacy. You know, I, I think that is so important that I want to spend a little time on that, especially since most of us have credit cards. And so it is, it is so easy to spend above what you're making because we use our credit cards. Right. And, and so we're not aware that we are spending more than our income right. until six months later and we have a credit card bill and, 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 and so on and so on. So, um, let, let, Let's just spend a little more time. Is there, are there technology? Um, how does somebody go on and, and start um, practicing the idea of budgeting um, if they haven't been doing so? So there's lots of technology. There are budgeting apps. Um, 
it doesn't even have to go that deeply though necessarily something you can do is pull your statement your credit card statement every month or twice a month to see what you're spending on right um if you're pulling it in six months if you're pulling it only twice a year then you are missing a lot of your money right like if you are only pulling your credit card um statements in six months you have no idea where your money is going so you can make it a practice of pulling your statement once a month or even twice a month to help you build that budget um like i said there are apps some people don't like apps but there are apps that will integrate your spending so every time you swipe your card it will register in the app it'll send you emails if there's something that's out of whack but even your bank's apps um the bank of america has an application you can see what's happening if you want to look at it that closely but if you're not an app person simply pulling your credit card statement and making that a frequent practice um would be helpful and you know i advocate for a money date once a month and that would be something that you can do on your money date pull your credit card statement and just make sure you know where your money is going because it's credit but we pay it back right like credit doesn't mean we spend it and it's out of our hands right we are re obligated to pay that money back um so just staying aware and making it a practice once a month to pull that statement so that you know where your money's going right so 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 absolutely we need to budget because that tells us where we are in terms of what we're bringing in versus what's going out and if we live in a life that uh, is necessarily in red or if we because somebody might be thinking that i'm saving you save five percent of your income but if you put in 20 percent on a credit card um what what does that mean right so right. so i would say so 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 i would say that you know um budgeting is budgeting is key um the next thing that we that we're going to talk about is debt okay um knowing what you owe yes so 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 let's talk about let's talk about debt for a quick minute okay so in thinking about debt we're thinking about financial obligations right who do you owe? What do you owe? Um, like you're saying about the credit card statement, sometimes that is debt and sometimes we're unaware of it. If we're thinking about student loans, sometimes some of us have no idea how much we owe in total, right? Um, so one, taking an assessment of your debt, all of your debt, what do you owe? Who do you owe it to? But the big one you want to be thinking about there is the interest rate, right? Because we want to be thinking about paying off higher interest rate debt first, or at least contemplating that strategy. You might want to put more money towards debt that is higher, that has a higher interest rate than the debt that has a lower interest rate. If you're not aware though of your interest rate, you can't do that. Sometimes we think we need to be more aggressively paying off the biggest debt first, right? But it might actually cost you more in the long term to pay off big debt at a, at a low interest rate versus paying off smaller debt that's at an extremely high interest rate. And that's what some people run into with credit cards, right? Credit cards tend to have higher interest rates, even though many times we don't carry the biggest balance. You're probably better off paying extra towards your credit card debt as opposed to putting extra towards your mortgage, because it's most likely that the interest rate on your credit cards is higher than the interest rate on your mortgage. So you want to know how much you owe and what the interest rate is looking like. 
Right. So, 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 in other words, you, you, you total amount you owe, um, and then you talk about like, like stuff that is like the home or major purchase at the car, as opposed to going out to shop for consumable things like maybe right. shoes or, or those kind of things. You can categorize that. But you're saying that if you, if you manage in your debt, then you manage it from a point of view of interest rates right. and, uh, and trying to, to get rid of high interest um, debt. And also, and, I guess, the, go ahead. And that's one strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are other strategies for paying off debt, but the important thing is that you know so that you can pick a strategy, right? If you don't know your debt and if you're unaware of the interest rates, you cannot even contemplate the strategy. You cannot think through if that is the strategy you want to manage your debt with. What we're not tracking, we're not managing. So the key thing I want to point out here is that you want to track it and you want to be aware of your interest rates so that you can manage that debt. And other management things such as sometimes you get credit cards that offer you zero interest for Absolutely. 18 months or whatever it is. Do those kind of transfers. Um, and, and being aware of when that period ends, right? Because exactly. sometimes those cards say zero interest for a year and we swipe, 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 but then the year ends and we have a balance and you're going to get hit with that interest. So staying aware of the timing of those things as well, right? Again, that is a part of managing your debt. Part of managing your debt. Okay. So with that with budget, with that with debt. So, so that's two out of four. Right. I'm thinking that that's a good place to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will deal with the other two which is invest and save and knowing what your net worth is. Stay tuned, folks. My guest tonight is Ms. Courtney Drago, the host of Spondulix, and we're talking money, being in the month of April, Financial Literacy Month. So we'll be right back. Let's take a word from our sponsor. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. Hey yo, it's your boy Colton T and guess what, I'll be live on Dissecting, I mean Saturday, April 9th at 7pm, right on tdntv.net, stay tuned and don't forget to check it out, alright, yeah.
All right, welcome back, welcome back, and thank you to our sponsors. Um, tonight we are we are talking money. April is Financial Literacy Month, and with me, my guest tonight is Miss Courtney Drago. She is the host of the podcast Spondulix. Spondulix meaning money. So it's all money that we that we that we're talking about because we know that the state of our financial status, the state state of our financial health determines in large part the quality of life and the type of life that we live. We we always say that health is most important, but if there's one thing that affects health more than anything else is our finances, because that is usually the source of stress. And we know that stress contributes tremendously to ill ill health and disease and, and, and that sort of thing. So if you hadn't invited somebody to listen to the show with you now is the time to do that because we have a little more than half an hour to go there's still a lot that they can learn uh before the break courtney um laid down what she thought were the four major um aspects of financial literacy budget debt invest and save and network i i want you to to don't be shy to put in your comments and we will share them with Courtney. She gets to comment on them. Courtney, um, before we leave debt, one of one of the listeners, Eunice, um, she's talking about credit cards that offer reward points, um, money back. Um, there's some people who give you travel miles and, and all of those little perks. Um, she's asking, are, are they are they better than other cards? Um, what 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 are the pros of those of those of taking advantage of those offers? But also, is there any potential pitfalls? Would you would you mention them as well? Yeah. So the answer to that one is an it depends, right? So some of these cards that offer rewards and they offer points, they also have membership fees, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you want to make sure that, say, it's a travel rewards card. Um, and it has a membership fee of 200, an annual fee of $200. You want to make sure that in a year you're taking advantage of $200 worth of those rewards. So if it's like $200 towards food at the airport or towards a lounge for one of the airlines or um, in Uber points, you want to make sure that in that year you are getting that back, right? In during the pandemic, a lot of people had travel cards and they realized we weren't traveling, right? So they weren't getting the advantage of their annual fee. So that's something you want to stay aware of. Now, if you travel a lot and you have a travel rewards card, it's easy to get back your $200 annual fee in rewards. Um, but yeah, the points can be worth it. If every time you shop at the grocery store or certain stores, you get rewards and you know you shop there often, go for it. If every time my card, one of my cards, for example, Every time I Uber or Amtrak or buy a flight, um, I get points. And I very often redeem those points for money. Um, and so that is a strategy as well. But you want to stay aware of how um, your annual fees, if there are any, compares to the rewards that you're getting. Because you don't want the card to cost you more than you're able to get back from it. And as always with credit cards, stay aware of interest rates and stay aware of whether you're able to pay off your balance in a given amount of time so that you're not, you know, gouging your eyes out, paying excessive amounts of interest. 
and also also one of the one of the things with credit cards is that um like in the us for example your credit is is super important yeah and so if you use your credit card above a certain level um it also creates a, a problem for your credit right. which then makes it more expensive when you go to, to buy other stuff because it, it translates into a higher interest rate right so, and and there's strategies to address that right like you want to keep your credit utilization below 30 percent um because that has a high impact on your credit score and if you're someone who uses your credit card a lot one strategy you can think about is paying off your credit card multiple times a month. So if you pay it off, you know, halfway through, and then at the end, your credit utilization can stay low. You can try to keep it below that 30%. So that's a strategy you can use if you're someone who swipes a lot, but you want to like stay aware of credit utilization and keep your credit score in mind. Yeah, so when you say credit utilization, you mean that, for example, if you have a $1,000 limit on your credit card, right? you try to stay less and keep your balance lower than than $300. dollars Right. And also, just, just before we leave that, also we know that most of the credit bureaus, they do they assess and report towards the end of the month, the last week of the month. So it's usually wise to make sure that you bring your balance down a little bit before that time. But anyway, you should know when when that is done and, and, and adjust to that. Yeah. And so and so what you said is 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 super a, a neat tip that instead of waiting to one time in the month to make a three hundred dollar payment, you can make one fifty twice a month, right. and that that seems to help. Okay, all right, oh, the awesome tips, awesome tips, Scott. Um, the the third thing that you that main factor you had was invest and save. Yes. Yeah. And you know, someone might break this down into two categories. Um, I like to combine them as one. Um, because I don't think they're that I don't think they're that different. I think they go hand in hand. So when we think about saving, we think about the money we're setting aside. Um, and when I think about investing, I think about the money we're setting aside with the objective of growth, right? So when we are thinking about investing, not only are we thinking about what we put there, we're thinking about the potential for it to grow and grow so that when we tap into it again, we have more than we initially put there. So in thinking about saving, we want to think about things like emergency funds. Um, do you have money set aside so that if life goes just a little sideways or unexpected or in a way you did not think or predict that there's money there um, for that, for a rainy day? Do you have an emergency fund? Do you have money set aside for that? And some people say you need three months worth of um like cost of living saved as an emergency fund some people say six months i think the pandemic has moved a lot of people in the direction of six months because you know things are being stretched out now we don't know how quickly things change and how how long they last when they change so think about having money set aside um for a change in life now other things you want to be thinking about for saving is are things like um car expenses so maybe your emergency fund is about if I lose my job, I have this money set aside that can pay my rent and food and things like that. But what if something unexpected happens with your tires or your car? So maybe also a smaller fund for those little things that happen. Because every couple of years, someone's car chokes or creates an issue that you need to address. So maybe you want to have um, 
a, a, a smaller sinking fund for your car or for your air conditioning, for your furnace. These little things that do pop up, not all of the time, but they do happen. So thinking about that for saving. Now thinking about investing, there's several different ways to invest. We talk about the stock market. Um, we talk about real estate is also an option for investing. Pretty much investing, putting money in a place where you're expecting it to grow. We can think about that as investing. Um, and we want to think about compound interest. So will your interest also be gaining interest? Um, compound interest is your best friend. Compound interest over long periods of time, amazing. If you can have money grow over time, that's great. So, and and there's a lot of narrative now that says like no one became rich by saving. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it that far, but it is true that a lot of people who are financially well are invested in various ways. All right, so awesome. Listeners, uh, if you don't mind, you can maybe put in the chat some of the areas where you invest, whether you invest in real estate, whether you invest in the stock market, whether you invest in cryptocurrency, um, different types of investment. Um, you, might, you might be able to spark somebody's imagination or they might ask you a question and, and you might be able to help them. Because, Courtney, I think you touched on it a little bit, but maybe we can spend some time, a little bit more time on there. The, the concept that some folks just save and save and save and save. And, and, and maybe you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in savings or whatever, tens of thousands of dollars in savings. And you feel good that you have money saved as opposed to looking at that money that's sitting there and wondering if that money can make more money for you. Right. Uh, investing for somebody who hasn't been investing can seem like a scary proposition. Yeah. How, how does somebody approach, um, like put your toe in the water and test it and see, you know, what, 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 what the potential of investing some of that saved money, um, how, how could they approach it? So I think first we want to think about the risk. I think the risk with investing is what scares a lot of people away. And there is risk, right? Um, but it's a little less scary if we also acknowledge that there's risk involved in just saving your money, right? Um, like right now, all of the talk is about inflation, right? Inflation is going up. Everything is more expensive. If your money is under your mattress or if your money is in a regular savings account at a bank earning very little um, return, right? It's not growing, then your money is not growing against inflation. Inflation is going up and your money is actually worth less today than it was worth um, you know, a year ago, right? Versus right. if you had invested that money, yes, there is risk, but there's also potential for your money to continue to grow in the face of inflation. So saving is not, it's, it's a lower risk, but it's not a risk-free strategy either. So like clear that up. Now, investing is risky. There, there are more and less risky ways to invest. If people are thinking about the stock market, for example, I like to tell them to practice paper trading where you don't start with real money. You practice, you see how the market moves. Um, you learn how it goes, but also just index funds, right? If you invest in index funds in the stock market and a broad market index fund, so one that includes, you know, say the S&P 500, that is the 500 largest public companies in the country. Um, if 
you invest in the S&P 500, your money is moving how the market is moving. And that keeps you from having to individually pick stock. That keeps you from having to read up on every company and know exactly how things move. Instead, you're investing in a broad piece of the market. So that's a way to reduce the risk involved with investing in the stock market, for example. Um, if you're investing in real estate, maybe you don't go at it alone, right? Like maybe you do it with someone else so that the portion that you're investing is smaller than if you were to do it by yourself. Um, you want to think about mitigating some of the risk involved with investing if that is a big concern of yours. And also, I think it's important not so you would not invest your emergency fund, right? If you invest the rainy day money and the rainy day comes, then what are you going to do? You want to make sure that you have money saved for if you need to dip into a pile of money and the money that you're investing is a separate set of money from, from that. And so if something does happen, you have your emergency fund, you have your car fund, but also the rest of your money has potential for growth. And, you know, it's like they say over time, the stock market has returned something between um, six to 10%. Um, over the last century. So when you look at the big picture over time, there are returns that simply having your money saved or under your mattress does not allow you to take advantage of. So this is the perfect place to put a, a plug in for Spondulix because you mentioned some terms that if folks were not keeping up with us as we did, did various programs throughout the year, they probably wouldn't quite understand index fund and, and, and all of those things. Um, talk about your podcast, Spondulix, so that we can encourage folks to go listen to some of those things. Those of you who uh, are maybe just starting to invest or thinking about investing or not sure if you should, um, cut them short their episodes on your podcast that they can go yeah. listen to. Uh, and um, you know, So talk where they can find it and just talk about your, your podcast for me. So Spondulix, the podcast, talking about money, talking about personal finance, there are all kinds of episodes. So there is an episode on index funds. I'm trying to see if I can tell you exactly which one. So index funds or even thinking about mutual funds, there's an episode called Mutual Funds 101. That is episode nine. There's something called ETFs that are kind of like index funds, except that they trade um, throughout the day as opposed to just one time every day as an index fund would. There's an episode on ETFs. Um, that episode is, I'm not sure, there's so many episodes now, <laughs> but there is an episode on ETFs that you can find. Um, that's episode 28. Also in thinking about investing, something I didn't mention, but should mention is your retirement funds, right? So your 401k through your employer. If you have a 401k, please make sure that it's invested. A lot of people will put money in their retirement accounts, but they won't buy an investment. If you don't buy an investment, your money's not growing. All you have is a fancy savings account. So make sure that your money in your 401k is invested. That's the same logic for Roth IRAs, 403Bs, all of those various retirement funds. But that is a, a way that you are invested in the market. So most people think they're not investing. If you have a 401k, it's highly likely that you're invested in the market. I have an episode on 401ks in Spondulux if you're looking for more information on that as well. Um, but also I talk about things like compound interest. What is this concept? What does it mean? mean? There's an episode on compound interest. So there are just several episodes where I'm covering 
these these um ideas about personal finance and and i want to stress that it's personal so if you are thinking about your 401k and wanting to know more there's an episode that will tell you more about your 401k so now you feel empowered and you know what you need to be doing as it relates to that right if you are thinking about saving for your child's college and looking into a 529 there's an episode on that so that you can feel empowered and know one potential step you can take in thinking about your children's future all of these episodes are very much related to as an individual in the world what am i thinking about as it relates to my money my personal dollars so there are episodes on several topics and then if there is a topic that you are thinking about but is not covered please send it my way i'm so open to learning new things and exploring new ideas and bringing new topics to the podcast so if there's something that you you have a question about or you're wondering about or that you wish was covered on the podcast also send those my way i'm very open to topics and feedback awesome so folks i encourage you to go go check out um the podcast spondulix um where you you see the range of topics and and you know it's investment uh anytime you hear the word investment there's a risk involved that you could lose money you could lose some of the money all of the money depending on the type of investment that you do. Um, if, for example, you go into real estate and you end up not selling your property at a profit or it doesn't sell, you, lost, you lose all your money. If you, go, if you buy some stock or something and the stock drops, you may not lose all your money, you may just lose some of it. So it's, it's so important to, if there's one area where you really have to be confident in your financial literacy, um, before you jump in, it's it's in the aspect of of investment because you can you you can lose there, but it doesn't mean that you cannot lose all the other places. Right? If you don't budget properly, you lose money there because you're spending money you don't even know you spend it. Um, and and to that point, I want to stress that while we're saying you want to know the information, I want to stress that it's not as complicated as we've always made it seem. I exactly. think we talk about investing and to many of us, it becomes this realm where like we don't exist there, especially as black people. It's like, maybe that's not for us. I want to stress that it's not as complicated as it seems. Um, you can learn it. Anyone can learn it. You can figure out the basics and the background. Um, and you might learn it and decide, oh no, I'm not doing that. But at least you have the information versus deciding from a place of this is too complicated for me to understand. It's absolutely not too complicated for you to understand. Exactly. Exactly. If you, the average person, young person goes to the store and, and there's an item there, they see it on sale, it's 20%, 20% off, and they can immediately calculate what that translates to into dollars. Yeah. That's almost all the math you need yeah. to understand investing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not a math exercise at all. It's not a math exercise. It's a matter of understanding growth in money. Um, and, and it's a matter of figuring out how to start. I find that a lot of people don't know what a brokerage account is. They don't know where to open a Roth IRA. So sometimes it's just a matter of like, how do you start? And that is information that I share on the podcast and also information that you can Google. Um, so as much as I want you to listen to Spondulix, I also want to say, if you just want to look it up, it's out there. Definitely it's out there. And maybe maybe what I will do on this weekend interview is to maybe do a couple of programs on the different types of investing that people do. And maybe 
that might inspire somebody to, 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 to figure out the, the type of investment that's most suitable for them yeah. based on where they are and the level of risk they can tolerate. So if you if you're like me and fast approaching retirement, then that's one situation. If you are like Courtney and you're just starting off in your career, that's one other type of consideration. If you're starting a family, that's another type of consideration. So all of those, all of those different pieces, all it takes is to just get the information about it and decide, you know what? I can do this, I can do that. But the last thing that you want to do is just pack your money somewhere and, and bury your head in the sand and hope that that it um that 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 when you come back it will it will be able to 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 work for you. So so for example, let's say you you have you're renting and you and you decide you, you want to save money as a down payment on a house. Mm -hmm. But you know you're not going to to purchase your house in another 10 years. Because of inflation and, and, and the unpredictability of what happens in the world. So, for example, with, with, with what's happening in Ukraine, um, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of things um, can just suddenly increase in price, 20%, 50%, the doubles in price. I mean, construction, um, the price of a lot of construction material doubled because of COVID. And so if you, all you did was put the money in a savings account and wait until 10 years to buy, you may find that at well you anticipated that $50,000 was enough as a down payment because of changing cost, it's now $70,000. Absolutely. That, that, kind of, that kind of thought process. So it's not, I cut this said, it's not complicated. It's just a matter of being willing to receive the information and then you can make a more informed informed choice Got yeah informed and intentional choices absolutely informed and intentional exactly one of one of the guests is saying that if she wanted to repeat the name of the podcast and tell her where she can do it okay so it's called spondulix it should be on the screen um you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts so if you go into google and you type in spondulix podcast that's s-p-o-n-d-u-l-i-x podcast it'll come up if you go into spotify and you search spondulix it'll come up apple Podcasts, any of those platforms anchor um spondulix you'll find it also the name should be on the screen and there's a website spondulix.com that will also take you to the podcast page awesome so the fourth main area of um where you're suggesting that that folks need to educate themselves um is network Right. I'm going to let you just jump in and, and talk about that. So this is my favorite. <laughs> I talk about net worth a lot. Um, if you're looking for an episode on net worth, episode 12 of the Spondulix podcast, I do a mid-year money date. And the point of the money date is to track my money and in the end, find my net worth. So in that episode, I walk through it with you. I tell you which factors I'm considering in my net worth. And net worth is basically what you owe versus what you own okay so and i always like to stress that like net worth is not self-worth this is not tied to your value but this tells you what kind of money moves can you make can you afford to put a down payment on a house right now or are you too deeply in debt to be thinking about that right can you afford those designer shoes or do you need to beef up your savings, your emergency fund a little more before you do that. 
it keeps you abreast of your financial positioning, your financial health. So it's like a physical with the doctor that you would do annually, except that I advise that your money date, you want to do it once a month, sit with yourself, calculate your net worth, um, figure out what you owe, what you own and how those numbers compare and see where you can grow or where you are growing. So this is also the time where I sit down and I look at my investments and I can say, this investment is doing really well. Um, and this one, maybe I'll watch it, right? Like maybe this is one I wanna look at. And I can say, wow, um, I've been spending a lot. Like my credit card bills over the last few months have been hefty. You know, maybe I can chill on eating at restaurants and maybe I can cook at home. Um, maybe I don't need to order Uber Eats. <laughs> maybe I cook breakfast, right? So just sitting with your finances so you know what's going on. So you have a good picture of your financial health. Um, and I like to say that, you know, when people talk about celebrities and their money, right? It's always like their net worth. Like, you know, Beyonce is worth a billion this. And like, we know these people's net worth. We know all these famous people's net worth. Why don't you know your net worth? Find your net worth, calculate it, sit with it, keep track of it so you know what is the condition of your financial health and what financial moves do you need to be making so that you're moving in the direction that you want to be going with your net worth. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, it, what you said is so, is so important. We see folks who have money like superstars and so on, they know what their net worth is. And Absolutely. the question is, why, why, why wouldn't we want to know? Right. And, and so that brings me to something that I want to emphasize, that, that folks, we should not be thinking that we don't have enough money to do any one of those four things. I, 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 I would argue that the, the less money you think you have is absolutely the reason why you need to be increasing your financial literacy. So, right. so when we talk about investing or savings or, or budgeting, we're not necessarily talking about $5,000 here, $2,000 there, $10,000 there. We might be talking about $10 and $25 and $50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so folks, that is why it's important to, to, to know your network. Uh, it, 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 so the two things that comes out from listening to you, Courtney, and, and, and I want to talk about that a little bit is there are two things. There, there's our, our, our net worth, which is like, for example, what we carry along with us. And if we, if we do a good job, when we get to a certain stage in our lives, maybe we can stop work, work and we can live with what we've carried, our net worth. And the other one is cash flow that prevents us from getting put out on the street and and and, and 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 those kind of things because we can manage our cash flow yeah so how, i mean those kind of concepts how do you talk to folks about that so so they can understand it on a day-to-day -day, um, level right so it's all tied together right um okay. you're not you're not calculating your net worth without knowing your cash flow, right? You can't figure out your budget without knowing your cash flow. None of these things are separate. And it's a matter of um, like actively and intentionally tracking it. I think, you know, today you work and you, you get, or like two, if you work for two weeks and you get a paycheck and you have some idea of what it is, but what does it look like, right? To 
actually write that down. Say like this fortnight, I got this amount and the next one I got this amount. So for the month, my income is this. Right. What does it look like to say, I eat out for lunch every single day and it costs me $9. And so all together, I spent this amount on lunch and that is where my extra money is going. And what does it look like to say, you know, in three months, I have a procedure at the doctor and I'm going to need to pay my $90 copay. Where am I going to get that? Does it mean that three days out of the week, I don't buy lunch and I bring my lunch instead and I can put that money toward the copay that's coming, right? Like, how can you actively and intentionally be thinking about these very real life situations? So not in the abstract, not about the day when you become a millionaire, right? Not which like, I hope we all get there, but not in the abstract, like actively, practically, what do I need to do between now and month three so that I can afford this copay, right? What do I need to do? I'm taking a trip, I'm traveling. What do I need to do to make sure I can one, buy my ticket and then also afford the expenses on that trip? What do I think it's gonna cost? Let's say I think altogether it's going to be a $500 trip. What do I need to be doing between now and my trip so that I have this $500, right? So that it's not putting me in a hole, so that it's not negatively impacting my net worth, so that I'm still moving in the direction that I want to be financially. Practically, day to day in your life, right? Taking the things that you actually do. Say you take the subway, what is that, 275 every day, or you buy a monthly pass, putting that down. The things that you actually do in your life, making it relative to you, personal to you, putting that down, staying aware of it, and making calculated decisions based on your life. You know, uh, I, it's so important because I work in construction, but I'm also I'm also from the country. So all my life, I've, all, I've invariably, I have walked with my lunch. I usually have my lunch with me, a lunch bag, whatever it is. And I have worked in, a, in an environment where you know when there's a construction job, one of the first things you see pop up is a food truck or people selling food because, because in the industry, construction workers are famous for buying food. Yeah. But I, I usually have my food and, and I will sit and eat together with the guys and what they, they buy a sandwich and a, and a soda or they buy something. And, and because you bring your food from home, you have, probably have a better meal and it's costing you so much less because and, and this is not to say that people can't buy food right right but being aware that if that is your priority right if you insist on not cooking your meal but you need money from somewhere then something else has to be sacrificed right, right. so if it's exactly. not going to be your meal then it has to come from somewhere so maybe it's the shoes that you don't buy um maybe it's the coffee um maybe something else has to be passed up, right? So that you can have the money that you need if you want to continue buying your lunch. And of course, there are institutional factors that factor into like what people are able to eat, where they're able to shop, right? There are larger factors as well. But if we're thinking on the individual level and personally, yeah, it means if you're going to buy lunch and you need some extra money, something has to give somewhere. So if it's not your lunch, it's something else. Yeah, but but also I, I I want to stick on that a little bit because sometimes folks say I don't have money where I can save because a lot of a lot of the advice out there is that we should be saving ten percent of what we earn. 
but you may not be able to start at 10%. You might start at, at $20. And somebody says, you know, I am all out of money before my next paycheck. So I, I really don't see how I can squeeze an extra $20 to save. Or if you're saving and you say, but you know that investment thing is a good idea, but I have no extra money to invest. And I don't want to risk the little money I have for an emergency to invest. So if you look at it and you say, well, every day I am buying lunch at this is easy numbers, $10. And, and we're working 20 days in the, in a month. That's $200. Yeah. $200. I'm sure you most of it and you cook at your home anyway. So, so you probably eliminate the majority of that $200 right away. You just came up with maybe $150. That is now available for you to start your savings or for you to start your investing. And so, I, I mean, I'm picking on people buying lunch at work because I see it every day and, yeah. and it amazes me. But there are other things. There are other things. Maybe we just develop a habit that every Friday we go to the mall. And because we're in the mall, we spend a $40 or $60. Why do you go to the mall every Friday? Yeah. You know, maybe... And, and we're not trying to tell people how to live or to say or to make yourself miserable. We're just saying that if you're paying attention to your financial literacy and you, and you budget, you can see where all the funds are going and then you can assess which ones you can adjust and trim and therefore to get the money to pursue your financial goals. So, but mm -hmm. I was going to say that we, we have about like a couple of minutes left. So I was going to make you respond to that and also give like your, your final um Right. Well, so, and to that point, sometimes life really is tight for people, right? Like some people actually every dollar in their paycheck is accounted for. Um, and so not to minimize that struggle, exactly. but even in those situations, be aware of where those dollars are being accounted for, where are they going? Um, and something I don't think we talk about enough, and I also want to talk about more on the podcast is increasing income, right? If it's so tight, something you may want to consider is, you know, can I do DoorDash? Can I, is there some other way that I can slightly increase what's coming in? Because as it stands, it's too tight. Um, and so that's something else to think about if, if, if it really is impossible to cut from something. Um, but final thoughts wise, I'm so grateful to you know, be on the podcast. I love talking money. I love any opportunity to talk money. Um, and as I mentioned, if there are topics that people want to talk about or want to hear about, please send them over. Again, the podcast is Spondulix, available on any podcast platform. The website is spondulixpod.com. Um, and I'm always talking money and I'm sure I'll be back on the show. April is financial literacy month. So the focus is how can we increase our financial literacy? How can you become your own personal finance expert? That's what we're making. We're, ma we're making personal finance experts. So April is a month to dive into that, figure out where you're lacking some knowledge, um, what you want to learn a little bit more about. If you want to dig into this investing thing, what should you be thinking about? What does it mean to be your own personal, personal financial expert? What does it mean to increase your financial literacy? Yes, yeah, certainly. So, Courtney, I want to say thank you very much um, for that. 
I, I really like the note that you're closing on, which is, you know, if, if things are really tight, then we have to look to raise the revenue, raise yeah. what's coming in and see if we can get that little extra money. And, and so the, the technology exists to, to make a whole lot of things possible. Like you talk about DoorDash or, or Uber or, or some other type of craft. You see so many folks starting stuff at their home and being able to sell it. Um, you have skills. Nowadays, it's so easy that if you know how to cook, you can do a cooking course and sell it. Um, the, the technology is there. And so that is the whole concept of, of this financial literacy is so that you can assess where you are, you can assess where you would like to be, and you can assess how can you get from where you are to where you would like to be. And so the four areas that Courtney mentioned is budget, debt, invest and save, and network. I think she did an excellent job of breaking that down to all of us. I think we all are more financially literate now having listened to your, your presentation. And so Courtney, I want to tell you, thank you so much. And thank you for just, you know, making us more comfortable, comfortable talking about money, making us more comfortable going and look at our credit cards and see what the balance is and what we can do better, making us be just be more, more, more at home and more at ease with, with talking money because, you know, folks are so uncomfortable talking about their financial positions. Right. And because of that, we don't, we don't share enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always, always a great pleasure having you. And so all the best. We're certainly going to bring you back um, because uh, you can see from even the responses in the comments, folks get excited when I have you on because, because as I said, what you say resonates with them and it's really required. So thank you so much. And um, folks, it's April. It's a good time to take stock because April is the first month is we, we just finished the first quarter of the year. And so it's it's perfect time for how Courtney, how do you call it? A financial date? How do you call yes, it? Yes, a money date. A money date. It's a perfect time to have a money date with yourself and look yourself in the eye and, and ask the hard questions and come up with the answers. So good night, folks. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. So folks, there you have it. Another great episode. Um, we're going to do this again next Wednesday. I hope this is keeping in our empowerment theme. So hope you feel even more empowered to take control of your financial situation. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you again. And thanks to my guest, Ms. Um, Courtney Drago, um, host of the podcast, Spondulix. Check it out. You, you see um, the number of episodes that she say that she has. Is very, very important and personal information. So go check it out, Spondulix. And we'll and say thank you to my producer and all, all the others who make this weekend interview possible. We'll see you next week. <music>